Robinson Newspapers and Westside Seattle are the last independent local publisher of weekly news in print in the city of Seattle. With a history that extends back to 1893 in Ballard, 1923 in West Seattle, and 1945 in Burien. Even Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin once worked for the Ballard News Tribune. We published the two definitive history books about West Seattle and Ballard. We always saw it as our role to be a training ground for journalists who, where those entering the field could learn the craft. And in some cases, those who could no longer deal with the pace of a daily would come back and teach, keeping their hand in. When my father, Gerald Robinson, bought the White Center News in 1952, the community was very rough and tumble and he saw it as his mission to improve it. All through my youth, my brothers worked at the paper. We melted and poured lead for the linotype machine. We wrote stories, took pictures, and maybe most importantly, took part in community events. My dad was tireless and often championed local causes, wasn't afraid to call out local officials when he learned they had done something they shouldn't have. He managed to truly beautify White Center in those days, and my memories are full of pancake breakfasts, spaghetti feeds, buying gifts and delivering them to disadvantaged families. My, fa my dad wrote a column, later published as a book, called Borderlines, since we sat on the edge of the city, just as White Center does today. One memory stands out regarding community involvement. The business leaders, Al Jaffe, the Kremen brothers, Al Berman, and others operated pretty much in their own world. But my dad had a special gift of drawing them out, getting them to laugh, and in the process, getting their cooperation. From about 1956 on, he got as many people as he could to work on building a float for the Seafair Torchlight Parade to represent the community. The first ones were not very good. It didn't dampen his enthusiasm a bit. As the summer of 1964 approached, he was out there making the arrangements, getting people signed up, getting donations. In those days, the floats were built at the Naval Air Hangar at Sandpoint on Lake Washington in what is now Magnuson Park. He would pile all of us, four boys, into the car, and we would head up there early. All of us had jobs, and since we were Robinsons, we were in the spotlight. The floats were built of a wooden frame overlaid with chicken wire over an old car. The covering was literally Kleenex tissues folded and then twisted to resemble a flower held in place on the chicken wire with another piece of wire. Tough work for young hands, since it was heavy gauge wire. The local merchants all sponsored a high school girl in the local beauty pageant, and they would ride aboard the float, much as they still do, parade waving slowly at the crowd some 30 feet away. It was going to be great. The night before the parade. We were still applying tissue flowers when we realized we were running out of tissues. All the other float builders in the city were doing something similar, and the supply was exhausted. Talk about a run on toilet paper. But volunteers piped up and said they would drive to Everett and Tacoma to replenish our supply. What heroes. We got it completed about an hour before it had to be dismantled and taken to the parade staging area. My dad was the general, directing the crew to get it loaded on the truck. Once reassembled at dusk, it was a thing of beauty. It was covered and thousands of white tissue flowers had palm trees, music, and lights, and the crowd loved it. So did the judges. White Center, for the first and last time, won the Grand Sweepstakes Award. Fast forward to today, 
The White Center community is now among the most diverse in the nation. 54 languages and dialects are spoken in a three-mile radius. The business that used to be there have long since gone, replaced by those more reflective of the diverse population. But the newspaper is still publishing. We merged the nameplates of the other communities we served into Westside Seattle and do our best with limited staff to still bring them news. The question is, for how long? It's been a struggle, not just with competition from others who sell advertising, but from those who choose to read their news on a phone. So we've gotten some amazing support from a few advertisers who see the value of a newspaper and who we greatly appreciate. Even with that, we need some more help. We've launched a modest GoFundMe campaign at GoFundMe.com, Keep Westside Seattle in print. And we're potentially going to be able to sell some long-held assets to help us remake our website and change our business model a bit. My dad had a favorite expression he said often and made sure all his children felt the same way. Maybe something good will happen. He would tell us this frequently. And more often than not, he was right. We remain hopeful that not only can we survive, but that newspapers in general can find a way forward to remain in service to the community and the nation. Recent research showed that between 2004 and 2020, 2,190 newspapers closed, with 60 closing during the pandemic. Newspapers are far more than just ink on paper. They provide a written record of the history of an area, and I mean more local stories get told, more useful information is shared, and the identity of the places they serve is reinforced. If all politics is local, then most certainly all news is too.